This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of rheumatoid arthritis from the musculoskeletal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 36-year-old woman presents to her physician's clinic with pain and swelling in the hands and wrists. She reports morning stiffness that lasts for approximately one hour, which later improves. She also states to be experiencing symptoms of depression and fatigue. On physical exam, there is decreased grip strength and 4 out of 5 strength on wrist extension. There is tenderness to palpation and swelling of the proximal interphalangeal joints and metacarpal phalangeal joints. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, rheumatoid arthritis is defined as a chronic autoimmune disorder that primarily affects the joints and results in an inflammatory synovitis. With respect to epidemiology, as far as demographics, rheumatoid arthritis is more common in women, and typically affects those 30 to 50 years of age. Risk factors include smoking. As far as etiology of rheumatoid arthritis, environmental and genetic factors play a role. With respect to pathogenesis, T and B cell response after a triggering event, for example infection in a genetically susceptible patient, eventually results in panis formation and subsequent damage to the adjacent cartilage and bone. Th1 cells release interferon gamma in order to activate macrophages and synovial cells. Th17 cells secrete interleukin-17, or IL-17, in order to recruit monocytes and neutrophils. Also know that synovial plasma cells produce antibodies against self-antigens, such as citrullinated peptides. The genetics for rheumatoid arthritis is HLA-DR4. Associated conditions include Sjogren's syndrome, Felty's syndrome, and Kaplan syndrome. Felty's syndrome is a seropositive rheumatoid arthritis with neutropenia, and many patients have splenomegaly. Kaplan syndrome is a seropositive rheumatoid arthritis with pneumoconiosis. As far as the prognosis of rheumatoid arthritis, certain patients with early rheumatoid arthritis may achieve remission. Moving on to the presentation of rheumatoid arthritis, symptoms can include fatigue and depression, morning stiffness that lasts greater than one hour, as well as pain, stiffness, and or swelling of the joint, such as the metacarpophalangeal or MCP joints, proximal interphalangeal or PIP joints, and metatarsophalangeal or MTP joints. Physical exam may reveal anemia of chronic disease, weight loss, decreased grip strength, palmar erythema, subcutaneous or rheumatoid nodules, splenomegaly in cases of Felty syndrome, ulnar deviation of the fingers, swan neck deformity, and boutonniere deformities. Moving on to imaging, as far as radiography indications, radiographs can be obtained during the initial workup to have a baseline to compare to when following disease progression. You may obtain radiographs of the neck to rule out odontoid ligament laxity. Other radiographs to obtain include the hands, wrists, and feet. Findings on radiographs can include diffuse osteopenia, joint space narrowing in the carpal, metacarpal, phalangeal, and interphalangeal joints, periarticular bony erosions, and ulnar deviation of the fingers. Moving on to other studies to obtain in the setting of rheumatoid arthritis, labs to obtain include rheumatoid factor or RF antibody testing, where RF is an IgM antibody that targets the FC portion of IgG. Anti-CCP antibody testing is more specific for rheumatoid arthritis. Erythrocyte sedimentation rates, or ESR levels, are typically elevated, as are C-reactive protein, or CRP levels, which are also typically elevated. In terms of diagnostic criteria, the diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. The differential diagnosis for rheumatoid arthritis includes systemic lupus erythematosus, psoriatic arthritis, scleroderma, polymyalgia rheumatica, and gout. Treatment of rheumatoid arthritis can be conservative, pharmacologic, or operative. Conservative management includes education, exercise, physical therapy, 
vaccinations, smoking cessation, and counseling. As far as indications, this is a component of treatment for patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Pharmacologic treatment includes disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, or DMARDs, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs, and or glucocorticoids. Disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, or DMARDs, are used to prevent, stop, or retard disease-associated damage. Medications include methotrexate, which is typically the initial DMARD used, tumor necrosis factor or TNF inhibitors such as etanercept and adalibumab, leflunamide, sulfasalazine, and hydroxychloroquine. In terms of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs and or glucocorticoids, these are initially given for symptomatic control while waiting for DMARD response. Operative options include joint replacement surgery, which is indicated in patients with severe joint damage or failure to respond to conservative and medical therapy. Complications include hand deformities, atlantoaxial subluxation, and a popliteal cyst. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 42-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with complaints of fever and cough. She reports symptom onset about two days ago, and the cough has been progressively getting worse. The patient endorses rust-colored sputum, dyspnea, and overall malaise. Her past medical history is significant for rheumatoid arthritis, for which she is taking infliximab and methotrexate. Her past medical history is significant for rheumatoid arthritis, for which she is taking infliximab and methotrexate, two episodes of bacterial pneumonia within the past six months, and multiple episodes of cellulitis. Her family history is significant for rheumatoid arthritis in her mother. A physical examination demonstrates decreased breath sounds at the left lower lobe and a palpable left upper quadrant abdominal mass. There is also notable ulnar deviation of the third and fourth digits of the hand bilaterally. Laboratory studies are as follows. Hemoglobin is 13.6 grams per deciliter. Hematocrit is 38%. Leukocyte count is 3,102 per cubic millimeter. And as far as the differential, segmented neutrophils are 41%. Bands are 5%. Eosinophils are 3%. Basophils are 0.7%. Lymphocytes are 42%. Monocytes are 8%. And platelet count is 230,000 per cubic millimeter. What is the most likely explanation for this patient's symptoms? And the choices are 1. Chronic granulomatous disease, 2. Common variable immunodeficiency, 3. Felty syndrome, 4. Medication side effect, and 5. Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome. The correct answer to this question is 3. Felty syndrome. So this patient likely has Felty syndrome as demonstrated by her severe rheumatoid arthritis with deformities such as ulnar deviation, splenomegaly with a palpable left upper quadrant mass, and neutropenia with a total leukocyte count of 3,102 per cubic millimeter times the percent neutrophil of 0.41 and percent bands of 0.05, which equals 1,426 per cubic millimeter. Neutropenia can lead to recurrent infections, and in this patient's case, her current bacterial pneumonia, for example, rust-colored sputum, lobar consolidation, and fever. To quickly review, Felty syndrome is a rare subset of seropositive rheumatoid arthritis involving neutropenia and splenomegaly. The pathogenesis is largely unknown, but it occurs primarily in patients with long-standing active rheumatoid arthritis who also test positive for rheumatoid factor and or anticyclic citrullinated peptide antibodies or anti-CCP. The arthritis is typically severe and erosive with deformities. Neutropenia is present in all patients with absolute neutrophil counts below 2,000 per cubic millimeter. Patients may be asymptomatic or have recurrent bacterial infections, which most commonly present as respiratory and skin infections. 
Lastly, splenomegaly can be detected in more than 90% of patients by carefully palpating the abdomen. Diagnosis of the syndrome is clinical. Management is focused on reversing the neutropenia to resolve current infections and prevent future infections. Medications such as methotrexate and rituximab are preferred and glucocorticoids can be added in patients who are not responsive to treatment. Patients with significantly low absolute neutrophil count that is less than 1,000 per cubic millimeter may need granulocyte colony stimulating factor or GCSF such as filgrostim. Splenectomy is often the last resort in patients with recurrent severe infections who are unresponsive to medical treatment. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, chronic granulomatous disease is characterized by a defect of the NADPH oxidase and subsequent decrease in respiratory burst in neutrophils. Patients often have an increased susceptibility to catalase-positive organisms and often present early in life, diagnosed usually before age 5, with recurrent pneumonia and skin infections slash abscesses. Patients with the disease usually do not have absolute neutropenia. Answer 2, common variable immunodeficiency is a disease marked by a defect in B-cell differentiation and subsequently low IgG, IgM, and IgA levels. Patients present later in life, that is 20 to 30 years old, with sinopulmonary infections, bronchiectasis, and or lymphoma. Although this patient's history of recurrent pneumonia fits the picture, the patient's absolute neutropenia and splenomegaly in the setting of rheumatoid arthritis are more suggestive of Felty syndrome. Answer 4, medication side effect is a good differential diagnosis to keep in mind as this patient is on immunotherapy for her rheumatoid arthritis. Infliximab works by targeting the TNF-alpha receptor and subsequently suppresses the immune system. Side effects can include respiratory infections. It is worth noting that infliximab can cause neutropenia. However, this adverse effect is relatively rare. In addition, the medication does not lead to splenomegaly. Answer 5, Wiscott-Aldridge syndrome, is due to mutation in the WASP gene leading to defective actin cytoskeleton in platelets and leukocytes. Patients present with thrombocytopenia, eczema, and recurrent infections. This patient has normal platelet levels and does not endorse eczema. To leave you with a bullet summary, Felty syndrome is characterized by severe rheumatoid arthritis, splenomegaly, and neutropenia. And moving on to the final question, A 64-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician with severe joint pain in her bilateral hands and wrists. She was initiated on therapy six months ago by her previous doctor, for which she has been compliant. While the patient initially had improvement in her symptoms, she now has worsening joint pain that is most severe in the morning. Her pain improves throughout the day and with movement. On physical exam, lungs are clear to auscultation and heart sounds are regular. On exam of her hands and wrists, there is evidence of swelling of the proximal interphalangeal joints and a boutonniere deformity of the little finger. Laboratory results are as follows. Leukocyte count is 12,000 per cubic millimeter with a normal differential. Creatinine is 0.8 milligrams per deciliter. Alkaline phosphatase is 45 units per liter. Aspartate aminotransferase or AST is 110 units per liter. Alanine aminotransferase or ALT is 120 units per liter. Sedimentation rate is 62 millimeters per hour, and C-reactive protein is 3.2 milligrams per liter. Which of the following is the most likely to reduce the progression of this patient's condition? And the choices are 1, ibuprofen, 2, infliximab, 3, methotrexate, 4, physical therapy, and 5, prednisone. The correct answer to this question is 2, infliximab. So this patient has inflammatory joint pain, which is worse in the morning and improves with movement, elevated sedimentation rate, and C-reactive protein, 
and exam findings consistent with rheumatoid arthritis, with a boutonniere deformity and swelling of the proximal interphalangeal joints. The patient was likely started on methotrexate, which is a first-line therapy and evidenced by elevated LFTs, and the next step in definitive therapy is a biologic agent, such as infliximab, which is a TNF-alpha inhibitor. To quickly review, TNF-alpha inhibitors, for example, infliximab, adalibumab, and etanercept, are indicated for long-term therapy in patients with continued moderate or severe rheumatoid arthritis disease activity after three months of disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, or DMARDs. In most cases, TNF-alpha inhibitors are combined with non-biologic DMARDs unless patients have adverse reactions to DMARDs. TNF-alpha inhibitors decrease the inflammatory response and slow the progression of joint destruction in rheumatoid arthritis. Contraindications to TNF-alpha inhibitors include pregnancy, immunosuppression, systemic or localized infections, chronic infections, particularly tuberculosis, malignancy, and multiple sclerosis. Testing for latent tuberculosis must occur prior to initiating anti-TNF-alpha treatment. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, ibuprofen is used for symptomatic relief in the management of rheumatoid arthritis, but does not improve prognosis. Patients with moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis require treatment with DMARDs or biologic therapy to slow the progression of disease. Answer 3, methotrexate is a DMARD used as first-line treatment for moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis. By inducing immunosuppression, DMARDs have the potential to cause remission. However, some patients do not respond and require biologic agents if DMARD therapy is unsuccessful. This patient was likely initiated on methotrexate with evidence of liver toxicity, that is the elevated LFTs, therefore methotrexate should be discontinued. Answer 4. Physical therapy can help ease the chronic pain caused by joint inflammation associated with rheumatoid arthritis, however it does not slow the progression of the disease. Therefore, a more appropriate definitive long-term therapy is required. Finally, answer 5. Prednisone is used for pain management during acute painful attacks associated with rheumatoid arthritis. Glucocorticoids can be injected directly into the intraarticular space for rapid relief of pain, but long-term therapy requires the use of DMARDs or biologic agents. To leave you with a bullet summary, infliximab is a TNF-alpha inhibitor used in the treatment of moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis and can slow the progression of it. That's all for this review about rheumatoid arthritis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on medbullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.